good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut. He didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. They are, Robert. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, let's lead off right away here. We got a guest. Uh, we want to rock and roll and, and get the word out here right away uh, of what's happening here on Turtle Island and specifically here in the state of Minnesota. And we have the director of the Native American Initiative at the Minnesota History Center, Dr. Amber Annis. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Yeah, well, there's some exciting news happening at the Minnesota History Center, and I want to start talk, uh, talking about that and get people excited as I am, and I meant hist- historical society. Absolutely, the Minnesota Historical Society. Uh, we are getting ready for the opening of our new exhibit, Reframing Our Stories. Uh, it opens on October 25th, 21st, sorry, next Saturday, and it'll have a run for two years. And we're really excited about this exhibit because it is the first in a series of rotating exhibits that we will be producing out of Native American initiatives. We really think of this gallery space as a community gallery space, and we're really looking forward to the future exhibits where we're partnering more with Native communities and really starting from that place of what does your story look like? What do you want to see here in this exhibit? So I'm not too far off when I said the Minnesota History Center uh, with the Minnesota Historical Center, and it's going to be happening at the History Center. Absolutely. So the Minnesota Historical Society, right, also represents our historic sites. But we also say the Minnesota History Center, and that's for the building here in St. Paul with the museum and our archives and library and collections and our many exhibits. So let's talk about our home Native Minnesota. Uh, let's talk about this uh, powerful exhibit you're about to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So our home, Native Minnesota, it is our permanent exhibit that we have at the History Center. Um, that exhibit opened up right around COVID. So it did not get the glorious opening that we were hoping for. So we've slowly been bringing folks in. This exhibit, Reframing Our Stories, again, is a a companion piece to that exhibit. And this started about, I'd say a year and a half ago when curators in our collections department um, finally started to sort through a series of um, photographs and historical newspapers that we had acquired from the Star Tribune. Within these archives, within within these collections, there were several folders that had um, uh, negatives and photos um, in, in folders that were labeled Indians. So when they finally started going through those files, they looped in the Native American Initiatives Department, the folks that worked in our collections area and had us come downstairs just to see, you know, they wanted us to be aware of some of these images. And we all went downstairs and they revealed the most amazing photographs. All of us were just in awe at some of these photographs and the images really ranged from the 20s to the 90s. Um, But this exhibit is very particular from the 50s to about the 90s that we're focusing on. Yeah, I, uh, you guys were tabling at a lot of uh, Native American uh, events, and it was really kind of really cool how you did that, where you had these pictures printed out, and it was almost like, do you know who these people are? And because, like you said, they were just, uh, <laughs> a lot of them were just uh, uh, written down as Indians or, or how whoever or whatever the thing was, so... That was like a really pretty, pretty brilliant way to do it, and it was fun going through it. It was fun watching other people go through it and find people they knew. Um, that was pretty exciting just in the beginning kickoff. Oh, that was, um, 
yeah, those community events were some of the best. There were so many images and it was a little overwhelming to think about how do we condense all of this into an exhibit. So essentially we just said, let's take all the images, put them into booklet forms and let's just go out and start tabling. Um, and that's where the real stories started to emerge, um, the real experiences. You know, it was so wonderful to be at events and to see folks sitting around with coffee and remembering this story or this image. And they'd put a little post-it and provide a name or provide um, maybe perhaps the descendant or someone who was a relative of the person. Um, and it's also where we got a lot of our ideas for themes and for some mm -hmm. of the language, some of the um, um, words that you see or that you'll see around the exhibit. Yeah, I, I saw a picture of a, a name I look familiar and they were broadcasting on radio. It was a Ho-Chunk and that blew my mind. I took that picture right away to see uh, to find out more about that. But it's all in our blood, I guess, the people of the sacred voice here, thus Ho-Chunks. Well, let me tell you, that's one of my favorite stories, Robert. <laughs> um, so that image you're talking about is Henry Green Crow. Um, and Sam Blackwell, and I'm forgetting the other gentleman's name, but they all ran the American Indian Radio Show um, in the 70s. And so mm -hmm. in this process of outreach, we met Bonnie Claremont, who used to be Bonnie uh, Greencrow. And mm. Bonnie is Henry's sister. And so we actually just completed an interview a few weeks with Bonnie. And that's exactly what she said. She said, you know, Ho-Chunk is the people of the big voice with the loud voice. And that's exactly yeah. who Henry was. Um, and it was a philosophy that she said that if you have something to say, you better say it big and you better say it well. <laughs> well, what's really exciting, too, to hear the name Claremont, too, is that they're huge in our Native American uh, neighborhoods here and uh, the West Side. And I know uh, they do a lot, a lot and have been for many years for the community. So the, the Claremonts are way up there on us, too. And uh, we're all related. <laughs> so we all have, might have different names, but we're all related. You know, and that brings to another point that we really... Um, are excited about this exhibit is that these stories, these images that kind of lived in these folders that were just called Indians, we were able to take them and exactly what you said, you know, we were then led to Bonnie Claremont and Bonnie was able to share not only stories of her brother, but of herself and mm -hmm. her family. And now we're able to share that with community more. So a big part of this is putting emphasis on all the amazing folks that have, um, you know, lived in the Twin Cities that have paved the road for all of us, you know, younger native folks to come through. And we really wanted to highlight those voices. Hey, we're here with Dr. Amber Annis, and she's the director of the Native American Initiative at the Minnesota Historical Society. And I have to say something. There's a big play coming um, coming uh, at the Guthrie uh, this week for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, hey, Haley put up the sign. Um, one of the things that uh, it, it was talking about Lake Street as being one of uh or one of the areas, but wow, we really have a, a, a big, richer um, story than that. I mean, the Claremonts are from the west side. Uh, the, uh, the Native Americans here in St. Paul were big time in Frogtown. Um, and, uh, you know, people forget that as time goes on, but uh, geez, you know, we had some strong communities here in St. Paul along with Minneapolis. You know, we are that another part of of this exhibit is thinking about the story that you just told and the expansiveness of the histories and the stories here we also have this call to community input um you know community input for us let's make sure that you know when you're in this space and and perhaps the story of the claremonts um or the green crows might you know right. it, it makes you think of another story and you want to make sure that we know that so we really are we're also providing a space where people can come in and provide more information. And we're really thinking about this as community collaborative. And also the exhibit is not permanent or fixed. So we're looking forward to stories that come in that we can add to the exhibit as it's on its two-year run. That's exciting. Hey, let's talk a little more. we got to take a quick break, but I, I think it's really exciting that it's uh, a really organic kind of thing because people, uh, you hear stories uh, I, I keep on hearing stories about my family that I didn't know, and, and I'm 62 years old, so it's exciting. And this is the place to be, the Minnesota Historical Society, to have things like that forever, 
for all of us to go back and look at our family. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Be a vaccinative. As the fall season continues, new COVID-19 variants threaten the health of not just you, but our elders as well. These new variants might even evade previous vaccines. That's why it's important to stay up to date. The newly authorized vaccines target current variants effectively and are FDA approved for ages six months and older. But there is an important note. These are the first COVID vaccines to be commercialized, which means there may be costs associated with them. Speak with your health insurer about your coverage before scheduling an appointment to avoid a surprise bill. For those without health insurance, help is available. Ask your health clinic about options or visit vaccines.gov for free locations. Getting vaccinated protects you from severe disease. Don't put yourself or elders at risk. So be a vaccinative and protect our community. You can visit vaccines.gov for free vaccine locations. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Getting bus and train information in your language just got easier. Customers who call Metro Transit at 612-373-3333 are able to select language options at the start of the call. Access Next Trip, their automated real-time schedule information tool and other Metro Transit assistance by calling 612-373-3333. For more information about other transit informational tools, visit metrotransit.org slash tools. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Guthrie Theater. Speaking of the Guthrie Theater, we have two tickets to give out for their new program for the people. This uh, this showing, the tickets will be for the Thursday, October 19th showing at 7.30 p.m. Again, this is for the people at the Guthrie Theater. Call right now to win those pair of tickets. Robert, do we have that number? Hey, I got it memorized. 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. Are you taking the first caller? Let's do the first one. (laughs) Right on. Hey, uh, we are here. Hey, that's a a good read, too, that uh, we're giving away tickets. And uh, we're here uh, with Dr. Amber... Annis, and she's the director of the Native American Initiative at the Minnesota Historical Society. And we're talking about, well, we're talking about the Minnesota Historical Society, but we're also talking about this new uh, exhibit called Framing Our Stories, uh, which uh, opens October 21st. And it's at uh, it's a new exhibit at the Minnesota History Center. And I just got to say this, uh, doctor, is that uh, Native Ritz Radio is going to be there, too. Oh, we are so excited that Native Roots Radio will be going live that day. Um, We're so excited because it's so powerful to think that part of this exhibit is really highlighting, um, you know, Native representation in photojournalism and in media throughout the decades and how oftentimes that is presented from a non-Native perspective. Um, And so for us to sort of take, and that's where reframing our stories came from, um, as we were looking through these images and connecting them to the newspaper article that they came with, it was then, of course, came in with all the stereotypes and assumptions. There were, of course, um, Native journalists. Gerald Bisner uh, was one of them um, who did you know, a few of the great stories. Uh, but most of the, for the most part, it was you know, non-Native, um, non-Native journalists. And so that was the big part, right? I mean, seeing that perspective uh, from non-Natives. 
And I, what I like too is that you talked about this earlier. Earlier is a, a community involvement. So this is very organic. If you see somebody, or if you know a story about one of the pictures or something in the exhibit, uh, you can. Uh, I imagine you can write it down or let somebody know. Or how's that? How's that work? Is there like a pad there, or, or how 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 do you do that? Absolutely. We'll have um, an email um, option available. Um, we'll have a, a, a spot that folks are able to write down their stories um, or reach out to any of us in Native American initiatives um, to help share those stories. But also over the course of the two years, we'll be having lots of different community events, you know, inviting mm. more folks into the space, into the exhibit um, to continue, you know, how we originally started. Yeah, that's exciting. And uh, I know just as things trickle, trickle down, whether it's an old uh, video somebody posts, I'll see my uh, grandfather, Howard McKee Jr., and then I'll see my grandmother. And and they were very involved in the uh, 70s and 60s at in St. Paul. So it's going to be exciting to see who's out there because, again, we joke about this, but <laughs> we're all related. So uh, it'll be fun to see our relatives um, maybe in a younger uh, pose or something that they've never, you never knew they did, uh, or just, you know, being around a drum or being at a powwow, uh, you know, so it sounds really, really exciting. And that's, uh, let's give the dates and the time again. So everyone listening can, um, or the date and the time and then where the exhibit is again. Absolutely. So Reframing Our Stories is at the Minnesota Historical Society in St. Paul. Um, the opening date is October 21st, and it has a two-year run. It'll close in 2025 of October. Saturday, October 21st, we're also having an opening reception from 11 a.m. to 2. It's a free opening reception. Um, this exhibit opening during the course of its two years run will be free to Native community members. Um, we're going to have food and welcome and speakers. And of course, so excited, Native Roots Radio will be going live to help share some of the stories and hear from some of the community members we talked to as well. I really like that picture uh, that uh, was on that. I was looking at that picture, and we have like five natives in the back seat of a big old, uh, who knows, big old Chrysler. But they, you can tell by the hairdo, it's probably like a Beatlesque uh, 60s, early 60s. We got the Beatle haircut, and they're having a great time. And we all know um, uh, us natives with our inside jokes, I'm sure they're laughing about some things that. Maybe some people wouldn't understand, but they definitely do. There's a lot of joy in that picture. Oh, you said it right there, joy. Um, that is exactly what we want folks to feel when they come into that space is joy, because that's how we felt going through these images. That photo right there, we call it the Dairy Queen photo, <laughs> because <laughs> all the kids were on their way to Dairy Queen. But, you know, I mean, just the laughter and the humanity and the resiliency that all of these photos show, we know people are going to be telling stories and memories will be shared. Um, it's just, you know, we're really hopeful for creating a space um, of continuing you know these these stories that sort of sat in these folders right exactly you know you got a lot of input and uh, opinions from a lot of several uh native community members across minnesota and and that is uh so important too because um you know there's 11 recognized tribes in minnesota along with all us other urban indians too um so to uh, reach out to that many people is very important because we don't want to be pan-Indians uh, to ourselves either. So I, I really applaud you for that. Absolutely. Um, you know, that was, again, it was key. It's hard to do that. You know, I mean, it, it really is hard. You try as much as you can to get community voice and input and you go out to community and events. Um, and at some point, you're always feeling like you're leaving someone out, which is why, as I said earlier, this is nothing that's fixed. It's a two year run, but we're excited for the changes that can be made for anything new that's coming in um, and just for folks to come in and, and see that they were heard, um, see that their voices you know, mattered when they were providing stories and see themselves represented. So are there a, a lot of pictures that still don't have uh, a story to them yet? Um, it, 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 will, is that fair to say? Um, 
So a lot of the, what's interesting about some of these is, is one of the things we'll also be highlighting is the photo, is the negatives that come with the image. So mm -hmm. oftentimes a story will emerge in the newspaper and the photographer will take a series of photos, but then choose that one image that makes sense for the story. However, when you go into those negatives, the, the other images reveal such a larger story. And if it's coming from that non-native perspective, um, we can see why certain images were, were picked. We can understand mm -hmm. why. So what we're trying to do is highlight these other images, make community member aware. But there are a few photos that we're going to also highlight where we don't have the names of family members. They were just Indians in the stories or they were just Indian family or Indian boy. Um, and a lot of the times, too, as we're seeing, there's no names of women. It was just Mr. And then, you know, her name was her husband's name. Yeah. Wow. Good point there. Jeez. Uh, talk about erasure, right? Um, yep, so absolutely. once do you see uh, and you don't have to answer this if you don't know, but do you see in after the two years that a possible book would come out? Um, because that would be really amazing uh, to have a picture I, book. Yeah. And I know with Ho-Chunk, we have a, a book of all these pictures. And I see my great-great-grandfather in there. And um, because there was a photographer in Wisconsin Dells that took like taking pictures of Indians. And so they had uh, pictures of Native Americans from the 30s to the 50s. And so they published a book about 10, 15 years ago. With, but we were able to see our relatives and point them out. Absolutely, we do. Um, that is, um, you know, an outcome of this. Um, you know, our first sort of publication will be through the Minnesota History Magazine that's focusing on this exhibit and a few images. But a part of this also is because our resources are so vast, the archives, the collections, a lot of community members don't know, right? They just, they don't know what we do have here. I'm hoping, we're hoping that this exhibit sparks a lot of interest and research for community members to come in and see what we have and want to dig a little further. And perhaps that does lead to a book, which is what our goal is, <laughs> another right. goal of ours. Perhaps that leads to articles, more research from community members coming in and researching our own stories. Yeah, uh, this is very cool. And I think one of the important things too is uh, sometimes the Minnesota Historical Society has a bad taste of our with our relatives, but to have a red carpet, so to speak, a welcoming, and someone to come talk to, like yourself and your staff, um, we can knock some walls down and, and really uh, celebrate uh, the things that you do have and are preserving for our community. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to, is that you're right, you know, I mean, a lot of folks do have that um, idea, and they do have that um, that feeling towards the historical society, but we're working very hard, you know, uh, to make sure that community members know that there is representation here, that the resources that we're stewards of, the cultural patrimony, the historic sites, we are stewards of them, and community members have a right to be here, and they deserve to understand and know and see these resources. Absolutely. Hey, doctor, one more time, uh, the date and the time, if you don't mind. Sure. Opening, uh, reframing our stories, October 21st at the Minnesota Historical Society. We'll be having an opening reception from 11 to 2. Thank you so much. We'll see you there. And thank you for your time and all you're doing really for the community. It's uh, We lose our history in a lot of ways, and this is a way to regain who we are and where we come from and who we're related to, too. So I'm excited to come down and see all this. Absolutely. Pilami, I appreciate you all. Right on. Hey, listen to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. And who's up next, Haley? And Deg from uh, Metro State University is going to come talk about his uh, Ojibwe language class. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. And we do have a winner, and we'll be announcing that. Native Roots Radio. Whoa. Stay with us. Bonjour. Hello. My name is Wabin. I am an enrolled member of the White Earth Nation, descendant of the Navajo Nation, and co-chair of the Indigenous Employee Resource Group with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. MnDOT is hiring for a variety of positions from road maintenance to accounting and more. We offer great benefits. For more information or to set up a one-on-one -on -one resume and application assistance, visit mn.gov slash careers or you can text or call 612-257-2388. 
Join Twin Cities Quorum as they celebrate their 30th annual National Coming Out Day luncheon. This inspirational and transformational event gives voice to the power of living openly, honestly, and with authenticity at work, in our families, and in our faith, and across our lives. The realities of living an authentic life are deeper than just being out. We all have many layers of identity, and we must work together to create a world where people can bring their whole self to everything they do. The National Coming Out Day Luncheon serves as a celebration of who we are individually and together. Reserve your tickets today for Friday, October 13th. This year's National Coming Out Day Luncheon will be at the Minneapolis Convention Center in Minneapolis. The Marketplace Expo opens at 10 a.m., and the luncheon will begin at 11.45. Tickets are available to members for $60 or non-members for $75. Learn more and purchase your tickets at TwinCitiesQuorum.com on the events page. That's TwinCitiesQuorum.com. In recognition of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, this message is brought to you by Strong Hearts Native Helpline, a culturally appropriate domestic and sexual violence helpline for Native American and Alaska Natives. Advocates provide free support and advocacy 24-7. Call or text 1-844-762-8483, that's 1-844-7-NATIVE, or chat online at strongheartshelpline.org. Safe, anonymous, confidential, 24-7. At Metro State University, change the world your way. Students learn from expert instructors in high-demand degree programs, including healthcare, technology, cybersecurity, teaching, and business. As one of the most diverse universities in Minnesota, Metro State is a learning community dedicated to equity, inclusion, and anti-racism. Explore 60-plus high-quality bachelor's degree programs at Metro State University's open house events in person October 17th and online October 19th. Sign up at metrostate.edu slash open house. Know your power. Metro State University. In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. In recognition of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, this message is brought to you by Strong Hearts Native Helpline, a culturally appropriate domestic and sexual violence helpline for Native American and Alaska Natives. Advocates provide free support and advocacy 24-7. Call or text 1-844-762-8483, that's 1-844-7-NATIVE, or chat online at strongheartshelpline.org. Safe, anonymous, confidential, 24-7. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Sunshine today with a high of 56, then tonight clear skies with a low of 41. Cafe Latte is unlike any restaurant you've ever experienced. Grab a tray and pick from their award-winning selections of soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Cafe Latte, Victoria Street and Grand Avenue in St. Paul, or CafeLatte.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Strong Hearts Native Helpline. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Join Strong Hearts Native Helpline CEO Lori Jump for a virtual event, Let's Talk Empowerment, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on October 17, 2023. Join us for this special online event featuring Lori Jump as she leads an engaging and enlightening conversation on the pressing issue of domestic and sexual violence within Native communities. This event will delve into the crucial intersection between these forms of violence and the significance of culturally specific services and resources. Strong Hearts Native Helpline, free, confidential, anonymous, 24-7. Call or text 1-844-762-8483. That's 1-844-7-NATIVE. Or chat online at www.strongheartsnativehelpline.org. Hey, before we get to our guest, Haley, uh, I hear rumors we have a winner for these tickets. And, uh... Going to the Guthrie is always an experience. Do you have uh, their name? Yes. So congratulations, Selena Bernier. You will be going to the Guthrie Theaters for the people on Thursday. Congratulations. 
Yeah, I can't wait. And we're going to, rumor has it, we're going to have Wes Studi on our show too soon, but uh, don't tell anyone. We don't want to get people too excited and uh, they'll have to listen every day to figure out which day that's going to happen. Oh, hey, we got a, a young uh, warrior here, a uh, language warrior, and uh, I want to make sure I get, it's Endeg uh, Muldrew, is that correct? Yep, that's it. Oh, wow. Hey, I'm really good. And uh, you one are one. <laughs> one in a row here. Hey, you are a professor of Ojibwe language uh, at the program of Metro State University. And uh, I would love to have you talk to our audience about this program and how Metro State's really, you know, getting into the revitalization and call, uh, culturally appropriate curriculum there. And uh, exciting to hear. Welcome to Native Roots Radio. So yeah, I'm a, I'm, the, I'm a teacher there. I just got hired on this year. Uh, again, it's a sessional. And uh, yeah, it's been, been, it's been it's exciting to see more and more. Um, again, I've been teaching for, for a, while, a few years already. And it's exciting to see the, the, more, the more programs being instituted, especially here in the US. I'm from Canada originally. Um, so it's exciting to see more of these language programs starting, these, these classes, more people being interested. And so I'm yeah, really happy to teach, teach that one class over there at, at Metro. Right on. Hey, so what are the what are like the students' expectations? What are they What are they going to learn, and uh, what kind of prior knowledge do they need to, to have to take your course? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so how I how I learned is I didn't uh, you know grow up really speaking the language. I heard a little bit here and there. I grew up in the city, Winnipeg, uh, kind of similar to Twin Cities, a lot of ways. So I didn't really hear hear a lot of the language, and but then I started going to classes with my grandma. She she speaks the language. That's how I learned. Um, that's how I learned how to teach as well. Um, so we always have lots of different backgrounds of people coming into to classes. Um, it depends again where how they grew up. Sometimes you know they hear the language from from ceremonies or their grandparents, or sometimes we have like. Uh, you know, foreign students who never don't have never heard it before, so it's it's always a a mix, and so we design it for that that whole whole uh, variety as well. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine who uh, teaches Lakota Dakota, but of course not uh, the language of Ho Chunk, which is the people of the Sacred Voice. That's who uh, Haley and I are. Just throwing that out there. No, just kidding. Um, that he said that. Uh, if I wanted to learn my language, now there's there's things to learn. There's uh, statements, uh, phrases, and words. And what he said to me, which I thought was really interesting, is that learn a new word and then never use it in English again. Uh, that that's a really interesting concept. And I don't know if he does that because he speaks English really, you know, as well as uh, Lakota Dakota. But there's so many different ways, isn't there? Uh, to learn this and uh i know for me i'm an old dog so it's hard for me to to learn new tricks but um repetition is how i kind of learned back in the olden days yeah there's there's lots of goes into learning a language and that's kind of a, a big part of an intro classes is learning those those skills like uh yeah learning how to how to fish and so then you can go on on your own journey or with other people to to learn your on your own or in different ways. So, um, I feel like, I feel like my English has gotten worse. So I, that maybe there's some truth in that. I feel like I forget a lot of English words now, but, um, yeah, that's really cool. Well, when you start dreaming in, uh, Ojibwe, that's when, uh, when, uh, the cycle has completed. Oh, Indeg, I have a question for you. How did you go about learning Ojibwe or when when was your first time learning the Ojibwe language yeah so so like I said uh, didn't grow up speaking that's kind of again similar a lot of families where the, the gen that was a cut off my dad's generation didn't pick up the language for for a number of different reasons um, so I didn't hear it then my kokum again my grandma who who teaches the language she just um, decided that she was going to teach me she, she didn't uh, Kind of overcame some of the blocks that she had at that time, um, 
so that's how I started. She had different language programs, so I kind of went along as a kid. I was I was um, homeschooled, so I kind of was lucky to I could go to these these kind of things during the day. Um, so that's how I started learning. And then there was a lot of great. There's actually programs down here in the states. She took me to as well. There was immersion. One of them is is um, in Fond du Lac there. So then I started picking up that from immersion uh, is my other other main way I got good speaking. Yeah. Well, we know a uh, good question, Haley, and we know uh, that there's a big reason why we need to have language uh, revitalization, and uh, I, I would like you to hit on those points. I know for us. COVID hit Ho-Chunks really hard, and I think we're down to 70. Uh, it's, it's 30. 30? 30. 30 intimate speakers? In Ho-Chunk, yes. So Ed, if you mind uh, listing the reasons why it's so important for our natives to have their language. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's the language that the... Yeah, the old people, you know, spoke and that that all that knowledge and stories and all that stuff is in, is bound up in in the language and a lot of the things that again that that happened since since with colonization is cut tried to cut those things off those one of the things they tried to take away right so that's how I think about it is where those those are the important things we want to bring back and to preserve and so it's sad to see yeah when when people pass away you know. Um, those teachers, those are the teachers. Um, so there's there's a lot of value in in, lear in learning the language and, and all the things that come along come along with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I also see it as like a heal healing healing process. Like again, that's why why my dad didn't learn. My my the, the people of that generation, my grandma's generation, they didn't they didn't want to they didn't value the language. Right? They they thought it was better to uh, forget forget that or. So all that, all, and that goes along with identity and all these other things that, that, that are part of language. So I see it as a healing thing to, to learn your language, to um, speak the language with people, because it's not just knowledge, it's using it with, with, with people. Right. Yeah, there's, there's certain sounds that uh, trigger our DNA, whether it's a drum or the words or, or the sky uh, or, the, or an animal or an eagle or... Or, or many things. I, I want to like ask you real quick about if I if people out there want to enroll in these courses, how how do they, how do they learn more? Who do they? Uh, how do we? How do I take a class? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they, uh, people at Metro State were saying to uh, check out. There's uh, some open houses going on this week. So if you look at their website, there's there's open houses. So hopefully this program at Metro State again continues um, with with more classes and builds up to something more. There's there's other programs in in Minnesota here in Wisconsin, also with language, and I know there's also different um, in the, those are in university I should say uh, tribal colleges as well, and there should also be other uh, community um, groups that also have classes. That's what been the upside of, of, of COVID and Zoom and everything is there's been more of that, but um, mm -hmm. there's also lots of in-person programs too. So with Metro State, if I took took your class, would that would that count towards my bachelor's degree? Um, you know, I'm sure it is. I'm not, uh, again, I'm new, new, new hire, so I'm not totally sure on everything, but every time I've taught Anishinaabe language and other Ojibwe language and other places it has been um so i'm sure it is well i know too by uh being a former high school uh, uh teacher in a, a native uh segment of a big native segment of, of our population went to that school that not only if you are uh working on being proficient with the language you can teach the language in school you know up to a certain point um, so that's always good to have on your uh, college uh, transcripts, I, I believe. So you can mm -hmm. move forward and um, and get a signature for somebody that you can teach. You know, at least beginning Ojibwe or Lakota Dakota or Ho, Ho Chunk or or something in the school. Um, so I think it's pretty valuable. 
Definitely. Yeah. And then there's lots of, lots of exciting things going on with, yeah, yeah. Um, immersion schools and, and different mm -hmm. programs here. Like Wado Kudading was one of the, is the older one that that's been around for a while now, but yeah, that's the biggest bottleneck is um, finding teachers for, for these programs here in the, um, in the States and Canada as well. Like, uh, yeah, any, yeah, teaching experience or language experience you get is really sought after right now. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm really excited. I think uh, there's a big renaissance here for our young ones, our Gen Zs that are really uh, getting back to culture after uh, at least a couple generations of losing our culture and our language. So we should continue this conversation about Ojibwe language at Metro State uh, University here in St. Paul. Let's talk a little bit more, and we're here with uh, Ndeg, uh Muldrew, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Getting bus and train information in your language just got easier. Customers who call Metro Transit at 612-373-3333 are able to select language options at the start of the call. Access Next Trip, their automated real-time schedule information tool and other Metro Transit assistance by calling 612-373-3333. For more information about other transit informational tools, visit metrotransit.org slash tools. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live and, and let, let howl. howl. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Hey, good good one, Haley. Hey, uh, we're here with Endeg uh, Maldrew, and he's a professor at Metro State uh, University and, and teaching the Ojibwe language uh, as a as a course there, and I also got a I got a red alert that it does count towards a bachelor's degree at Metro State. Um, oh, there it is, um, and uh, that's exciting. And we all need to learn languages. And I know, like in high school too, uh, whenever they learned Ojibwe, or that went towards their their language too. So that makes total sense. So. What what are the barriers uh, that you feel like that we can overcome by taking a course and I guess uh, learning how to learn a language that's so different for some people that that it's it is a, a different language. What what are some of the uh, what are some of the uh, kind of uh, tr tricks of the trade that you have out there? Yeah, yeah. Well, ideally, 
you know, learning a language you learn as a kid, and uh, that's that's the trick. That's, that's the real trick. Um, then it's not any work; you're just naturally sitting there. Um, but yeah, for us adults, once we've passed that point, you know, we gotta learn um, in a classroom, and that it's can be can be hard because you're gonna make you're gonna mess up. You're gonna sound you're gonna kind of sound like a baby at, at times. You're gonna. <laughs> so that's kind of the biggest. One of the biggest hurdles is is making mistakes and being okay with making mistakes. I gotta I gotta um, tell you something. Uh, that's so funny that you said that because I remember uh, years ago I I was like able to introduce myself in Ho Chunk. It's Ahu Ho Chunk Raja Wakunja Hade, which means I'm Ho Chunk and my name's Distant Thunder. And I said that to a speaker and he said, "Oh, that's good, but you sound like a little baby." <laughs> when you said that, I just had to laugh. <laughs> it brought me back there. But yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And he wasn't being critical. I thought it was kind of sweet the way he said that. Um, but I, I think, too, I, you know, what's really awesome about Metro State and this course is like, I think you have a lot of different learners, adult learners going to Metro State, too. And to get back in the swing of school and, you know, get your degree if it's first time cl completing your degree come back, especially our native people out there, take this course and um, get back in the swing of things. And it'd be even cooler if you knew some Ojibwe, but you don't have to know any Ojibwe, but if you want a desire and then come back to school and get your degree. Yeah, that's kind of how I see the role in, of universities here is to serve yeah, the urban urban population. These people, you know, maybe you heard it as, as a kid growing up, or maybe you didn't, maybe you grew up here all your life. So it's hard to find a place people to speak with and so that's that's the advantage of yeah how of these university courses is doing that and then you also get more more skills there later on if you want to teach or work with the language that way too um that's what i always like about classes is yeah there's a an age range it's it's kind of it seems unnatural to me when it's all people the same age the same year um so that's why i like about metro and other places yeah there's a big big variety um Bring some food. Yeah. 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 Somebody can bring food, right? Uh, older people that can cook uh, can bring it to us, young ones. Oh, wait. I'm not a young one anymore. But uh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Um, and you get a, 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 a diverse uh, um, perspective, too, uh, with age, different age in the classes. And I think that's one of the things Metro State's really been good at for quite a few years is bringing back bringing back people that may not be done with their degrees or want to start in the degrees that are older and it's, and it's built, it's, there's a lot of courses and a lot of degrees that are built for that kind of uh, learner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how people, Oh, I think this no, is, yeah, we have in the class right now is like a, a graduate student. We got some people auditing. Yeah. There's lots, all sorts of yeah, people there right now, international students. So, Right. And then uh, let's, let's talk about the class one more time here before we let you go, because I think it's, uh, it's really important. How, how can we contact Metro State to uh, take the Ojibwe class and when it's coming up next, um, work it in your schedule? I guess the best way would be on, uh, to go to metrostate.com uh, or .org and uh, make it happen. Yeah, I think it's .edu, I think it's the, the address. But yeah, I'm sure if you Google it, it'll show up there. Um, yeah, currently, we're it's the 101 we're doing right now. And then next semester, in the uh, spring semester, we'll be be uh, looking to get a second section on that. And so going forward, getting this started again, hopefully we'll get that again going every year, every fall, starting off with the intro and then continuing that. Yeah, afterwards. well, I, yeah, so I'm really excited to have you. We have Endeg uh, uh, Muldrew, uh, professor of the Ojibwe language program at Metro State University here in St. Paul. Uh, let's check out the course, uh, take the class, jump back into school, or like you said, uh, somebody in a master's program, um, tuning up on their Ojibwe and learning more, and uh, really helps, uh, helps the brain and the soul uh, to learn to learn language and especially our sacred Ojibwe. So I want to say thank you for stopping in tonight. Miigwech, thank you.
Any last words before we let you go? Yeah, I just wanted to say for people listening, yeah, it's never too late to start any little bit you you start, use. I always see that as a big win. Um, yeah, when you're saying anin or bojo to someone uh, on the street, you know. Or yeah, it's never too late to start. Right on, right on. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we gotta, we'll got to probably get you on again here and talk about uh, maybe just before people signing up for their next uh, next round of classes to, to give your class a try, and, uh, and Metro State especially. I'll save a seat for you. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Hey, thanks for coming in, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, you too. Right on. Wow, Haley, that was awesome. Um, again. Cool revitalizing the language uh, metro state here in st paul uh ojibwe class uh with this young professor and uh many ways to learn and uh, i think a lot of people um i know i went back to school and i was i went back to the u and i was older and it was really fun having different uh, age groups in there and metro state's really really known for that and uh and the and the degrees so it was really good to have this young language warrior on and talk about that and right in our backyard here exactly yeah and when we talk about going back to school and like you said is this a requirement for you know maybe a degree or something i know a lot of places like the u of m require a second language requirement mm -hmm. which is something i really really struggled with myself when i was at school like seriously to the point where i had to go in front of the board and and say i i seriously cannot for the life of me, learn a second language. And you know, what they ended up doing was giving me the option to take cultural courses. And mm -hmm. from there, that's when I actually actually took like six different courses about um, Native Americans here in the US. Yeah. And Island. Right on. And yeah, uh, so we do know language is really important. And um, we are no longer a tribe if we have no speakers. And that's the that's the um, the short end of the that that statement you know it's like we have to be who we are and language is 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 so important if not yeah. most important and we've had generations lose that but i really feel like uh there is a revitalization in metro states uh, sounds like they've uh they understand that and they have a, a young Ojibwe professor there working uh, with them. And so it's exciting and uh, things are looking good in the future, I think. Yeah, big being big Pinagigi uh, on deck for carrying on the language of Ojibwe and teaching the next generations. Um, yeah, big Pinagigi to everyone who's revitalizing language. Yeah, and to those who uh, are learning their language and their ways and coming back to their people, that's huge. And, don't ever let anyone discourage you. Come back. We're all here. It's the, it's the circle um, and uh, the medicine wheel, and we talk about that a lot. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground in which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to revis resist, divest, join a group, run for office, vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. now.